when you know that you can take a person down and put them on the mat and, and stick them in less than 30 seconds, that's what you go out and do. So now you have to take a step or two back from that and say, oh, wait a minute. This is more of a dance than a, a wrestling match. As Craig has pointed out so many times before, the culture eats strategy for breakfast. Tonight, going to be talking about RBP, the good, the bad, the ugly. Got a gentleman that we're going to be joining us that's, I guess he's a cowboy, you could call him, Craig. He likes to uh, dance on the wild side and, and put some aggressive things in place, and he ain't scared of it. So, guy that talks the talk, walks the walk, and he's going to be sharing his experiences today. Good ones, how you want to count, utilizing it, what it's like to service them, what are the problems you're going to run to, and some of the new stuff and problems that he's been running into. That being said, let's welcome to the show John Clay out of Kentucky. What's up, Big John? Hey, greetings. Greetings, Big John. Hey, is this RBP that John's talking about, is that to be confused with really bad pitches? Well, yes. I mean? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes not. I mean, we're, we'll get into it. So, John, talk to me for a minute. When did you start doing RBP? How long ago? Recent? Many years ago? How long have you been doing it? When did you put your first group on? I put my first group on in 2018. What were you thinking then? Just, hey, I want to try this. I want to utilize it to win an account. What, did, what was the reason you did it? Well, I'd been introduced to the whole concept, and I um, actually had a case that was with a, a small local health insurance company, and they had made the business decision to discontinue. So they had kept rates artificially low, I guess, by <coughs> BUCA standards. So when I went to uh, to price their transition from basically a Baptist healthcare insurance program, I had these new techniques or new s strategies and solutions with self-funding using RBP. And I said, well, okay, I'm going to cover my bets and I'm going to present the bukas first and then as a backup i'm going to have my rbp option so i got my three buka quotes in there and it was blue cross united humana and i called the prospect and i said hey great news i got your quotes in okay good how much are they i said oh they're all within two percent of each other he's like well how much i said they're all seven hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> And he about choked. I could hear him suck all the air out of the room because he'd been paying about half a million. Now, this is 100 people. And so at that time, I didn't realize that it was important to work the PEPY angle and do the calculations. And I didn't know any better. I was just saying, hey, you know, it's going to go to basically on a 100-person group, 7,500 PEPY just because. And as a result, we placed our first RBP case, and we did so a he, program. He just bit on the price? Pretty much. That's all it yeah. did. So, so there was a significant increase, and, and he just said, hey, this, this is what we can handle right now price-wise? Yeah, absolutely. It was a municipal group, and here in Kentucky, they had just had a new governor, a Republican governor, come in and say, hey, we've got to shore up our state retirement fund, which is – 
almost the worst underfunded in the nation, sent out a $400,000 note to the city saying, hey, this would be your share to pony up. And they had just lost 385 CSX railroad jobs due to the economic policy and the, and the energy policy of killing coal. So they had no money. They had no jobs to produce additional revenue, and they were hitting rock bottom fast. So a lot of pressure to make a change here. Would you would you say that that's typically the client now doing it a couple of years? Is that's going to be the best candidate for moving there or somebody that's got a lot of pressure and, and has to do something that's do or die? I think so. I, I do because if you, you know, and we've had this conversation on, on your program before, you know, if they're making bank over the PE, the profit per employee per year, they're not really interested in making change like we're talking about here. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's hard to justify that much disruption and change. If the employer, if you haven't watched a prior podcast, PEPYP, you'll understand why. Let's say hello to some of you in the crowd here. Paul Seeger joining us out of California. Pat Moore, Brad out in Texas, I believe. John Millen, Nick, what's up, guys? Show sponsor, Virtue Health. Check us out at virtualliance.com. So, John, you, you put this case in place. There's a couple models, right, for self-funding. You've got the percentage of savings model. you got a PEPM model. you got a combination of RBP with a regional full-blown RBP. Which route did you go with this client and why? With this one, I was new to the whole concept. I didn't know exactly how to calculate percentage of savings. So I just went in full balls to the wall, all RBP on a PEPY or PEPM basis and um, put in a high performance PBM, uh, USRX care, uh, our script sourcing, just the menu of high performance options that we have time and started processing claims and got a killer stop loss quote all of the markets through virtue health and because they understood what we were doing with the rbp model they kind of knew before i ever did what the outcomes were going to be and sure enough the first year we saved them they saved a hundred thousand dollars in the first two months boom and at the end of the first year contract, we issued a hundred and eighty some thousand dollar refund check of the reserves. So all in all, they saved two hundred and eighty thousand dollars that first year. This it this one? No, that that was last year. <laughs> that was another one. First okay. year. John's got a couple. Is it this one? RVP, this one? That's the first one. Yeah, that's that's the one we're talking about tonight. City of Corbin. Yeah, you heard it here. He's doing RBP on <laughs> municipalities, court systems. I mean, that, that brings to mind a really good question. Big balls to do that, let me tell you. Yeah, this is a question from Kevin in Tagliata. Paisan, hey. He had a question. He says, hey, what is the kind of feedback you get from the employee's perspective over the last couple of years that they've had it in there? Can you speak to that? Well, the first thing they noticed was reduced amount of spend, their cost at the pharmacy, because that's the first thing that they notice. 
that their prescriptions are so much less because they were coming off of a $15 tier one copay, then a $30, then a $60 copay. So we put in that same, and and the city clerk was adamant about keeping benefits the same, benefits the same. I said, yes, ma'am. They had a $6,600 out-of-pocket limit on this case. Oh, ouch. And it's city employees. They don't work for the money. They work for the benefits at these municipalities, right? So I said, yes, ma'am, we won't change a thing. Well, they first noticed right out of the box, they noticed that the prescriptions were way less than $15 a script for their maintenance-type meds. So that was a, a win. So the positive vibe started flowing. So that's good for RX. That's low-hanging fruit always. What about the RBP side? The RBP side, I got a couple of uh, issues where this one guy, he cut his Achilles heel on his weed eater blade in his tool shed and went to an outpatient, was trying to conserve, went to an outpatient clinic. They didn't have sutures there, so they put a Band-Aid on it. (laughs) He wound up with a couple of episodes later and had to get that Achilles repaired. He was a former athlete, so he was in bad shape. He was about 70. He was an economic development coordinator. So he was a face man, and he was limping there for a while. But over and all, the the RBP has worked just fine, and we've seen the monthly reports rolled in, and they know exactly where they are month to month to granular detail. And this past year, we actually had a, a guy that went in for a stroke. The hospital billed one hundred and eleven thousand dollars, and we repriced that claim at ninety nine thousand dollars. Pretty good discount. Let me ask you this: So you went with the PEPM model, not a percentage of savings, is that right? Correct. So, talk to me about selling it. You come into this client. How are you introducing RBP? Are you showing it as just an additional option? Are you pushing it hard? What happened here? Well, you know me, I'm I'm pushing it hard because I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was your approach. Then you, you know, and, and I think that's a that's a challenge we have as advisors and I've had in the past and made mistakes of pushing what's what we know is right to do too fast. And if you put too much on them in the first year, it's a lot. And we'll we'll talk about how the perception was and things work with the employees first year. Now that you, you've kind of gone through the cycle, are you pushing that as hard? Or are you selling it as a multi-year approach? As an education, I would say that you really got to step back and, and listen a little bit harder because I was, you know, it's kind of like my first new toy. I was using it a lot. And I will say to you that, you know, I ran off a couple of clients I showed two clients that were, I thought, prestige clients, and they were going to save $200,000 each. One was $100,000 and one was fifty, And they were just adamantly opposed to anything that I had to say and just rejected it offhand and, and fired me. So I can tell you that that was an educational process, and I had to kind of revisit what I was into because not a lot of people back to what we've covered on this show. If you don't do your due diligence and you don't understand what your client wants, you got to give them what they want and you can, you can share these solutions and strategies with them. But 
being a ramrod has got its pitfalls, and I certainly experienced that. I lost a 19-year client over being passionate about RBP because they were a nonprofit, and they were bitching at me every year about how Humana was going up on them. And so I said, well, here's your solution. They're like, well, you didn't do a good job explaining it. Yeah, you hear it, hear it from him. Pretty crazy, I would say. Our number one reason, and again, I talk to the advisors out there. Everybody can say what they want about REP, how great it is, this, that, and the other. It puts advisors in a tough position, whether it be a prospect or client. I mean, I think with a prospect, sometimes you, you could argue you don't have nothing to lose. But with a client, that can put you in a, a position to lose the account. So you've got to be very careful, be very certain, educate the client, get them through the process, introduce them to the administrator, let them know what's to come and make sure you have it all laid out and leadership is involved to make that decision or you put yourself at risk. 60% of the reason we lose business is because of RBP. And every time the advisor got fired on the account, putting a client that wasn't ready, didn't educate them right, you know, just pushing it on them and it gets them fired. Now you're hearing somebody that recommended it hard and pushed it and believed in it and that cost him his job so you're hearing the truth here yeah the lesson here is to understand yeah listen to the truth and 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 remember that when you sell it know your customer sell them the good the bad and the ugly and the fugly if you have to so they know that there's no surprises and then memorialize it in writing so if they say yes you can always refer back to the email going what do you mean i didn't educate you enough Right. So, you know, some of this, sometimes you, you just have to be defensive to uh, prevent that 1% boogeyman scenario. Yeah. I had a situation like that come up with a client, not over RBP, but a steerage plan. And fortunately, this was before COVID, I had videotaped the mm-hmm. employee meeting. And she said, You said this, and you said, and very good client of mine, but she continues to forget the process so much and always is you said you said you said i learned my lesson take the employee meeting went back that night when i got the complaint email come in found it i said you can refer to the video in the link below at 21 minutes in and 30 seconds when i explained the process that is not what we explained cover your ass if you want a lesson learned that is the best right there that's the home run. I must story. have misheard it. I apologize. So this is human it. nature. You got to understand human nature. When we're remembering back on some event, especially when today it's causing you grief, stress, and and a pain in your butt, your brain will rewrite what happened to fit the narrative of today. See any story on politics on television, okay? They will rewrite history to suit their narrative today because the brain wants this pain in the ass to go away and return to homeostasis and normalcy and status quo. And so this woman invented all this BS about, you didn't say this, you didn't say this, you didn't say that. And when confronted with it, evaporated. All that stuff evaporated. And she could tell herself a new story and know that she did make a good decision, right? It wasn't John's fault. And that's that's a little part of the brain you have to feed your clients. So, John, you, let's go back again to, to selling it. What have you learned? What it, should it look like now that you made the mistakes, you lost an account? What have you changed? 
working on the the questions that it seems like such and such is important to you, labeling and clarifying the baby steps, if you will, on where a person is willing to go and what they're willing to to try. I think as a consultant, you absolutely have to do more listening than talking. And I was a newbie, basically, even having been in the business as long as I have, I was still a newbie with this solution. And and I was certain it was going to be a stick. I'm going to go with the wrestler vernacular because that's all I know, okay? When you know that you can take a person down and put them on the mat and, and stick them in less than 30 seconds, that's what you go out and do. And that's it's a win for everybody involved. And so now you have to take a, a step or two back from that and say, oh, wait a minute. This is more of a, uh, of a dance than a, a, a wrestling match. You can't go out there and stick them in 30 seconds. You actually have to work around the mat, get understanding of where you are in the situation. Because as Craig has pointed out so many times before, that culture eats strategy for breakfast and your strategy is great until someone says, oh, wait a minute. Well, can I this or that? Or what about the problems? And here we are and we've got problems now because that's going to be your next question. What about problems, right? Yeah, let's get before we get into the problems, which is probably going to be part of the next question. You've now sold it. Talk to me about servicing it versus servicing. (laughs) We all know it's a lot easier to serve a fully insured cow, but just a traditional self-funded cow. The difference, the pressure puts on you, the pressure puts on your staff. What have you learned? How have you learned to deal with it? Well, I'll give you two scenarios. One, I think you have to absolutely communicate in the employee meeting that you have a new payment method. And uh, rather than having people go out and say, do you take this? Do you take this? Do you take this? Because that's what everybody wants to do. They want to call their provider and say, do you take this insurance? And I think that when you put a logo of the company on the ID cards with these custom plans, that you have to draw their attention to the reality that they are actually paying the claims and that the insurance company is just processing the claims. So when they say, do you take this? Do you take this? Do you take this? You have to actually remind employees that it's not so much that this is an insurance program. It's a new payment method. And I would love it if we would find a way in our industry to put a swipe card style strip on the back of these ID cards so a person could just go in and swipe it and get that process going for a payment of claim. Because at the end of the time, that's really what you're doing, but you're using the company credit card as a payment method. And we're just putting the the brakes on there to control that frequency and severity of claims with our RBP repricers. So first year, you've had groups now multiple years. What's the difference from first year to second year? Well, what I've done to kind of eliminate some of the noise is improve. You see a lot of you see a lot of groups, you know, sometimes jump back year right. two. Well, I want to have the network. I want to have a combo of the two. Got too many people complaining. What happens here too? Well, it seems to smooth things over when you have a level, no change type of renewal. And that's what we had in year one. We actually reduced the reinsurance cost by $87,000 because they didn't, nobody knew what we were getting into. Okay. 
And with the results that we had, Virtue realized that we were a little bit heavy on the, the premiums. And so um, we were able to negotiate a, a reduction on the fixed costs because the performance was so awesome. So that helped. And that went into the record as the pitch from the city manager that he actually experienced an $87,000 reduction in their fixed costs. And then, you know, our second year this past July was a no change again with another $90,000 check. What we did also is we we lowered the out-of-pocket limit from 6600 to 4600 And in this past year, I said, why don't we just make it three grand? And we introduced no cost for maintenance medications to these people because with that maintenance medication option, it does drive a little more cost on the plan, but the majority of those costs are 3 to $5. Yeah, and it lowers the noise. I think I've done that on my plans too. Is is after when you get employers like this and, you, and you're pitching these strategies of steerage, RP, or what have you, try to get through the first year. And, you know, sometimes you got to hope for, pray for results. Hopefully, a couple spike claims don't happen. It's not the one in five years of bad claims. But if you can get the outcomes in that first year specifically, you get a lot more trust and certainty from the employer. And, they kind of give you a free reign what to do next because you've been right on everything you said. And the easiest thing to do is then go to an employee meeting and do the opposite of what they're used to and take their benefits and enhance them. Year two, a lot of my groups, look, let's cut the doctor co-payments in half. Here's what's the total spend last year on it. This is our our savings from last year. Let's give them back in the form of better co-payments, lower out-of-pocket for their prescription co-payments, and they still have to utilize smart centers to get zero out of pocket for their deductible. So you can accomplish continually saving and you're putting a little bit more in claims back on the group. But again, the employees are paying for it. So it's just a way to do it and get through that second meeting. Cause the second meeting, second year, you're always going to hear the noise and the problems. And I always address them one by one in a meeting. And it's just, you got to tell the story. The other thing I would mention is you've got to tell the whole story to the employees, just like when you sell to the client is, is basically why we're doing this. What's the reason behind this? What's happening in the healthcare system, how this healthcare system games them and why their premiums go up every year. So I think it's very important to tell that in the employee meeting. So they're all on the same page. Exactly. They value benefits that are improved. And that's where you've got that, that meeting of noise versus satisfaction. You know, you've always got a couple of regulars, if you will, that got conditions that, that crazy people. You look, sometimes you got to dress them head on because they're going to speak up in a meeting and be prepared. If you're a professional, you should be able to handle it. And sometimes you say, look, I understand that should not be happening. I'd like to have a conversation with that offline because that that's improper. It should not work that way. This is the way that it should work for all of you. Nothing's perfect, and we'll get that corrected. I'm sure you've dealt with problems at the other insurance companies. They'll do a better job here. And you don't even know if that's the truth because 99% of the times the employees lie in these plans all the time. Whenever I pull the notes, whenever I pull the call, I go back now. I used to jump, and now I go back and hear the other side of the story, and it's always different. Always. 
when an employee complains, it's usually a lie. 90%, only 99% of the time. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, I will share that I just had a case where a fully insured Blue Cross client paid $60,000 a year for five people. And he went down to Florida and got a little touch of COVID or whatever. But anyway, they decided to put him on a, an IV therapy that's basically a chemotherapy cancer-type treatment. And Blue Cross took two weeks to authorize that infusion. He sat down there. The provider had the infusion in hand. They had approved it, but they wouldn't approve it for, he, he asked for like 0.3 milligrams above their threshold limit of approval. And he sat there two weeks while a peer-to-peer review and all this other stuff took time and whatnot to, to work through the system at Blue Cross. And I can tell you that with our custom plans, nobody will ever sit two weeks waiting on the administration of a drug not going to happen on a custom plan. And they were just beside themselves. We pay all this money. We thought we had the best there is. Well, misaligned incentives rear their ugly head in times of trial. So when you're dealing with these problems and it comes from the employees, it comes from HR, the business administrator, are you keeping the executive team involved? Because what tends to happen is a lie to the executive team. Just like the employee lies to HR, then HR lies to the executive team, and, and, the, and the lie just continues down the path, and it falls on you. When I have the answer back, I typically tend to always CC the owner and even sometimes make a call to them so they know what's going on they hear from the other side. What are you doing in those situations? Well, fortunately, this one is a bit of an owl client, and she always copies the city manager whenever she's got a complaint. So it's ready-made by them. But, yes, I'm 100% in agreement with what you said, John. You've got to keep those decision-makers in the loop so that they're not out there twisting, thinking everything is rosy while they're, they're taking on water and sinking the ship. Craig, anything you want to add to that? I know you got challenges with leadership in your program. Yeah. Yeah, what's the old saying? A lie travels halfway around the world before the truth wakes up. So it's natural. Everybody wants to CYA, and so they obfuscate the truth. They make it, again, they want it to fit their narrative that this is a problem, and because of that, this is going to happen, and it should have never done this, and it should. And so they just try to rewrite history. And so you always have to understand that you're going to have to protect yourselves and protect the company from these people. So you can't write things down enough to protect yourself or, or video very important meetings. I, uh, I remember recently, I think it was last August. It might've been the year before I was with an employer and they had HR on the meeting and she is nasty as Mm. can be. Okay. And she doesn't hold back in the meeting. She's been there a long time. She gets away with it and in front of the owners. And when they left, I said, look, I want to make sure that you want to continue with this strategy because I'm not prepared to get fired over. it. I need to know that I have your commitment and you're in on what we're doing here. You see the outcomes, the results, the, the better plan that we're providing to the employees. But you see there is going to be some noise and some additional work and it's going to fall Sometimes on her, I need to make sure that you're on board 
before we go forward with this, because look, I'm not looking to lose you as a client over this. We can go back to fully insured and pay more, and I don't have to worry about losing a client. So I just want to make sure I got your 100% commitment. And he says, John, we're 110% committed to moving forward with the strategy and continuing. So I don't know what you do, John, but that's something that I've done in meetings because it just it happens in that renewal meeting. And everything, I, of course, was about her and her daughter, right? It wasn't even about the employees. It was just her the problems that she supposedly had because what have you. But yeah, talk to me about that, John. Well, I'm getting ready to have to have that conversation because we're having a little drama, small town politics. The city of Corbin is a 5,000, 8,000 population city. They have a Baptist regional hospital. Well, Baptist has decided to take a different approach to RBP and they've started a drip campaign. They've gone back six, eight months on some employees, and they pulled these claims and decided that they're not going to worry about going through the uh, appeals process and any kind of due process. They're just going to declare that everybody under an RBP program is uninsured, and they owe the full bill. So we had a conference call last Friday with the hospital exec and some of the other folks upper in uh, echelon of Baptist Health. And so I'm getting ready to have that conversation with this client that, that along the lines that you just shared. Are you with me? Are you in? And I've already told them, we can go back to Blue Cross United or Humana first of the month. They're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Because right now they're a bit addicted to the savings, if you will. Well, footnote here, 70% of this hospital's business is Medicare, Medicaid. Okay, and our research is showing that, and this is good for everybody on this call. What our research is showing is that come 2022, you know, the check that everybody just got with the $600 in it has got some no balance bill language in it for this latest stimulus bill. Now, whether or not it's going to trickle down to local level, who knows? But in terms of Balance bills, surprise bills, non-network type billing stuff. Our research indicates that what they're trying to do is they're trying to prop up their data so they can support a higher reimbursement in advance of the no surprise bill stuff. So, you know, I don't think we're going to come to an agreement because I think that it's going to become moot come January 1 of 2022. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to push everybody around between now and then to push them back to a buca type contract, which is what they know is going to be a very generous reimbursement. And guys, remember one thing. You've got employers that are hiring consultants like us to help manage their healthcare spend. Do you think these companies that generate hundreds of millions or tens of millions of dollars in revenue aren't hiring consultants on their end to figure out how to bill clients more, how to deal with RBP and all these different things. That's a selling point that I talk to prospects about is you've got, you know, the consolidation of carriers, vertical integration, carrier, PBM, specialty pharmacy, hospital systems consolidating, everybody getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. They're hiring consultants, experts to figure out how to take more and more, and yet you're alone in this little employer, and you're going to compete with them? Or no, wait, you're going to trust the insurance companies who are aligned with them. Good luck. Be weary, not saying not to do it. If you're a cowboy like John, you're going to do it. 
But those others that are out there looking to do it, just be careful. Tread lightly. Record your conversation. Write down your recommendations. And you should be okay. Imagine the intensity of a meeting, John, when you go into the city and you go, you bring your video camera for the employment meeting where you review this. You want to cover your ass to the nth degree? Tell them you want to record the meeting because in the future, when the one or 2% of the balance billings happen, you want to be able to refer to this so nobody has short-term memory. Yeah, that's the first thing they forgot. That would be fun. I'd enjoy doing that. Yeah, they that's the first thing they forgot when we were on this call. They were like, Did did he explain the pitfalls of RBP to you? And he's oh no, he did not. I don't know what I had for lunch last week. How the hell am I gonna remember nine months ago? So Craig, I gotta ask you, man, given all of this and where we are today, throw out some alternatives to RBP that you're aware of. So the stuff I see out there, I see some guys start RBP kitty style, right? Out of network only. Because, you know, you've got approximately 80% of all surgeries are elective. They're only going to need so many surgeries. I'm just looking for a single case agreement. Here's our rationale for how we're going to pay it because 70% of your procedures and Medicare it is, and we're going to pay you this. That's a reasonable approach, right? Then you got direct contracts. You got bundled pricing. You guys, you know, there's a million bundled surgical providers out there, literally. I mean, there's dozens and dozens, so you got to check your region because most of them don't have a national footprint. Then you got domestic tourism. Think uh, Surgery Center, Oklahoma. Well, there's other places than Surgery Center, Oklahoma, where we'll fly you down there. They charge 30% of what they do at the Louisville, Kentucky Hospital, and they got better outcomes, and it's 70%. You know, And so all of a sudden, you can fly them, you can keep them there, you can bring the spouse, and you're still saving 60%, right? So there's definitely a lot of different things. You got the Center of Excellence Networks. Think uh, Edison. Our old friend who established that company, they love to call some of these hybrid reimbursement things value-based pricing. I'm not, that's like so squishy. It's like trying to hold water in your hand. I'm not, that's like for the really big consulting houses, right? They, well, we're going to negotiate value-based pricing. It's like, like most things, right? They talk a lot, but they say nothing. How about a couple of other options yes, that aren't so dramatic? What about, you guys all forget, I don't know what the hell you're thinking in retail. Family monthly deductibles. Jesus Christ. Quintuple the deductible and have a lower cost than the 500 deductible plan. I mean, that is a effing no-brainer. And then, of course, last but not least, the Trojan horse here over my shoulder. Which hand am I? Yeah, this one. I spend my time not figuring out how to get discounts on claims. That's what you all do. I evacuate the claims so you don't pay the darn thing at all. So... That's the last one on the list for me. There's now a way to evacuate 25 to 35% of your population off the health plan. To That's the another show, John Boy. That's another show? That's not tonight. Only for Only for virtue health producers right now. 25 to 35% off the plan. I think we'll end it there. John, you going to keep selling RBP, yes or no? Every day. Every day. Uh, my man. Any, any final thoughts, John? Uh, the Cowboys out there. Two ears, one mouth, as Craig would say. Was that list helpful? Did you get Did you get an idea or two? 
Look oh, up all the darn bundled providers out there. Right, Brit Bridge Health, Kiss Card, Zero Card, Access Health Network, Price MD. What's the the, the guy in Arizona, John? Kelly Webb. Every month he's, he's coming out with a new health plan. Dutch Rojas. Dutch, my man Dutch, yeah. I mean, guys, gals, there's there's just there's gotta be 30 of them out there. So find out, you know, here in California, Carom Health, option one. I'm not even in your business. I know about these things. Come on, because I make it my job to know about this stuff so I can help you people. But I don't sell them. You should be selling them. We'll, we'll wrap it there, guys. If you haven't already, check us out at virtualliance.com. Book a demo to learn more about our group purchasing consortium. Want to thank John for joining us and Craig. As always, we'll see you on tomorrow's Hunter Club call, John Boy. Those watching, enjoy your day, enjoy your weekend coming up. See you next week, same place, same time. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, guys. 